This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Right, let me just say, before you start, we'll get there. We'll get there. You will have your opportunities. You'll have your opportunities. We're not going to start there. We'll get there. I know what's coming. Vincent Goodwill, you know, some people, I know what some people would do, not you. Some people would say, no, 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 I'm going to take the high road. Some people would say, I'm going to focus on the news of the day. I'm going to extend some grace. Uh, If it comes up, it comes up. It's going to happen organically. I'm not going to force things. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I'm not going to wag my finger. I'm not going to plant my flag right here as some did over the weekend. We'll get there. Vinny Goodwill. But before we do, how you doing? Good to see you, brother. How you doing today uh, on a brother from another Wednesday? I'm doing wonderful. So it's a beautiful. Is that right? Beautiful Wednesday afternoon here uh, in Detroit, Michigan. You know, it's a beautiful afternoon here. Nobody asked you where. Nobody asked you where you were. I didn't say where are you in the country. You didn't have to say the city. Uh, More specifically, you didn't have to say the state. If you just said the city, that would have been fine. I love Detroit too. You didn't have to say it was Detroit, Michigan. You know what? How about this? How about this? It's a beautiful day in that state up north. How about that? It's a beautiful day. <laughs> we'll get there that, eventually. In that state up north. Let's see. Eventually. No, we're not going to do uh, eventually? eventually. Eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. I got some other things. Okay. I got some other things on my mind today. That is one of the things that's on my mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on my mind this week, next week, uh, a month from now, two months from now. That's how it is. You know how it is. That's, it just kind of stays with you. You got a lot of things to consider. It sticks uh, with you. It from, sticks with you like spaghetti to your stomach, doesn't it? It hurt, doesn't but, it? But yeah, embrace that hurt. But you know, we can talk about it later. About, we can prolong the hurt. No, we can no, prolong no. the hurt. Let's go where you want to go. This is not about no. This is not about Michigan and Ohio. As as candidate uh, Barack Obama once said, "We are not red states and blue states. We are the United States of America." I want to talk about the United States. Of America and wondering, I'm wondering seriously, if you're like me, are you into? Even though you don't know what you're talking about, because I don't, but I'm into it. Are you into USA Soccer? Were you watching that game yesterday? Were you? Did you have all the permutations, all the stats? Say, hey, we can't draw. Uh, we can't. We just have to win. We don't have to win by a certain number of goals. We got to win. We'll advance to the knockout round. Are you into? Do you have World Cup fever? That's my question for you. Because I got it. I don't even get a World Cup cold, let alone a <laughs> fever. <laughs> man, you know what I mean? Why not? I, my, a lot of my Why friends not? are into it. it it's, it's just oh, a point of the, of the calendar. Like I get the enthu- Like I love the enthusiasm. You know, I love the energy, like, you know, for the people remaining on Twitter. It's an amazing, like, sort of minute-to-minute energy, especially if you don't actually know the rules of soccer. Like me, like, I'm going to sit somewhere and say, I am soccer ignorant. But to follow the yeah. people who I never see talking about soccer at any other time, <laughs> talk about right. it with such fervent energy and expertise and sophistication, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take that part of it. Yeah. But it's a busy time of year for me. There's no expertise uh, coming from me. This is just uh, the fan. This is this is Michael Holly, fan of of USA Soccer and fan of the United States. And I, I have to say, you know, I know a couple people on the team. A little humble brag. I know a couple people, including mm. including Matt Turner, who I can vouch for. Matt Turner, great guy. I, I love to see uh, good things happening for him. He's got an incredible soccer story. Look it up when you have some time. But I would say this uh, about, you know, it's not just about the knockout round, USA, Netherlands taking place on Saturday. We win. We advance to the round of eight. 
and which which sets us up nicely for 2026 when the World Cup is in North America. And I don't know about you, Vinny Goodwill. I will be at not just one World Cup one World Cup game in 2026, God willing. Uh, I'll be at multiple World Cup games in 2026, being loud and wrong. <laughs> you know, cheering probably at the wrong time. You know, probably saying touchdown, field goal. You're doing all the things you're not supposed to do uh, at a soccer game, but I'll be there. But not only does it set us up nicely, it kind of goes beyond that conversation, uh, the conversation on happening on the field. And we've always said this over the years in the United States. Hey, what will it take for kids to really stay with soccer? You know, kids always play soccer. They play it. You see youth soccer leagues all across the country. They play it in high school. A very select few play it in college and then mm-hmm. we never get to it never cracks the that the, the big four code of hey NBA NFL Major League Baseball NHL no one ever says okay I can't wait until soccer takes hold in the United States so but I, I think Vinny and tell me if I'm wrong on this or if you disagree I think if the United States just advances to if, if, if the U.S. were to advance to the final four in the World Cup or even win on Saturday, I think that would be a huge spike in soccer interest for those who are kind of on the fence right now or casual soccer fans. You, you think so? I think there's nothing more that people like feeling than like a, like a feeling of patriotism. And over the past, you know, 20 years, that's kind of been a weird space for us. You know what I mean? Because of (laughs) all the rhetoric and conversation around it. But if, you know, we as a country can unite around a common goal, which is, you know, winning a soccer game, it doesn't feel so, lack of a better phrase, bastardized, right? It doesn't feel so co-opted. It doesn't feel, it feels more, lack of a better phrase, innocent, right? And I do think that if you're a soccer fan on the fringes, if you're someone who watches maybe the Premier League or you know a few names from the Premier League and you and you just sort of dip in and out, this might force you to come back in a little bit just because it's in your face, you can't avoid it, and it's the United States. It's the colors, it's everything else. The part for me about soccer taking a hold in this country is similar to baseball losing its grip. Is that it's so expensive. Whether it's, it's travel, mm. it's cleats, mm. it's accessibility, and all of those things don't reach the major cities where it is, you know, where there's other and better options to play and be, to maybe be able to play by yourself and play in a small group compared to having to do all these other, jump through all these other hoops to play there. So I think it could take hold amongst the fringes and in the suburbs. I don't know if it'll all get down to the mud. You know what I mean? And, I, and maybe it doesn't have yeah. to get down to the mud. Everything doesn't have to reach there. But I do think there's an opportunity just because Americans like nothing else than to feel superior. Yeah, that's right. You know, and I and I wonder if that's if that's a big part of it. You know, the potential expenses uh, of the sport. I mean, that's that's an angle where, and that's an easy fix if the U.S. is really committed to it. Like other countries, like soccer loving countries, countries that are are far ahead of us in in consistency and soccer performance. Uh, traditionally, you know, you talk about Brazil. Uh, you talk about Italy. You talk about England. Look, they, they they will spare no expense. You give them a talented kid. If that kid doesn't have any money, don't worry. We ain't got no problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the kid doesn't have any money. We will put talent over anything else. We will make sure that, that kid has an opportunity to contribute to the national, which is the national pastime, which is soccer in most of these countries. It's not in ours, but. When I hear people say, uh, hey, can you imagine if our best athletes play soccer? I heard this argument 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Can you imagine if our best athletes played soccer? We'd rule the world. Can you imagine LeBron James? What if LeBron James played soccer and, and, and not uh, basketball? You know, what, what if you had, you know, Steph Curry out there? And, and you know, what if you had Justin Jefferson? I'm like, okay, that sounds good. But we're not really wired one, we're not no. wired like that. That's no. not, it's not in our, like soccer is in the soul of Brazil. I mean, it's yep. just the way it is that 
Like, it's their sport. You, you, this is on and on. So we're wired in a different way. One and two, we got enough range where you don't need to play that game of LeBron James here and Justin Jefferson there. Clearly, this team, I, Vinny, if you're not on board in 2022, promise me that you'll be on board in 2026 because it's like watching. It's like you like seeing somebody you've known since they were four or five years old, watching them grow into uh, a contributing member of society when they're 21, 22 years old doing big things because I'm telling you, this team is the young team. It's the youngest team in the World Cup. And by 26, we might just we might we might just mess around and win the thing. We might just mess around and win it. You saying four? You saying four years from now? Like that's next year? Yeah. Like, imagine the changes that we're gonna you know that we're gonna go through in, in the sports world, let alone what the soccer world. So you're saying, yeah, I'm going. You know what you sound like? You know what you, you signed the reverse? No, you know what the you know what the you signed the reverse of. You cite the reverse right. of that terrible wedding song that you and Michael Smith love so much. We ain't getting no younger. Might as well do it. You looking so far ahead. You was like, there's no urgency here. And four years, we still going to be young. We going to be okay. I admire the enthusiasm. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to check with you in about three months while we're in the throes of, you know, just getting yeah. out maybe of the Super Bowl. And all star oh, weekend and everything. I'm gonna tell you right, you don't and have I'm gonna ask you what's your enthusiasm oh, level then? Oh, oh, I'm a straight up fraud. I, 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 I didn't make that clear off the top. Oh, I'm a fraud, Vinny. Six months ago, I couldn't name one person on the team. No, my, Matt, Matt Turner and no, I got no, I got, I got a couple people. Um, my boy Miles Robinson, who should have been on the team, he got hurt. I've known him since he was two years old. Noah's dad, one of my mm. best friends. So, okay. Miles Robinson and Matt Turner. I mean, I still can't pronounce uh, Pulisic co- uh, correctly. That's how he wants to pronounce it. I was saying Pulisic. Some say Pulisic. Uh, so, I go with Pulisic. I mean, like, come on. I'm a fraud. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a prisoner of the moment, and I'm excited about it. Now, let's talk about, we said it, where we're wired and the sports that we know and the sports that we go to and winners, not potential winners, but actual winners. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors for a second. I'm going to talk about the Golden State mm-hmm. Warriors uh, with you because uh, a couple of things happened last night uh, that really shocked me. And you want to talk about uh, the, the, the earth moving and, and volcanoes erupting and just end of the world kind of stuff. I saw that last night in the Mavericks Warriors game, and it wasn't Luca getting a triple double. I, I could see that happening. That was predictable. He, he always goes off against the Warriors, whether they win or lose, they won. Right. But Vinny, in an NBA game in the fourth quarter, Steph Curry had the ball, and Steph Curry was called for traveling. In an NBA, and it wasn't the first time it was called in the game. The NBA officials, <sighs> wait for it, called traveling multiple times in a game, and it cost the Warriors an opportunity to win a game. Uh, Steve Kerr and Steph Curry talked about it after the game, and after they talked, I want to hear your response to this just this unbelievable world-altering event. Uh, bang bang situation. Uh, dumb play by me to not take the layup. I got a little confused on what the time of the score was, honestly. Went for the hero shot. Um, I didn't think it was a travel to the point where you don't let the play run out, but who am I to say? Yeah, I mean, you know, calls are calls, so some go your way, some don't, and um, you know, um. I guess the NBA is making an emphasis on on plays like that, and um, I don't know if it was a travel or not. Um, I haven't seen it, but um, it, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, if we're going to call that now, um, we got to got to call it all the time because it happens uh, thirty times a game. Guys change pivot feet, and uh, so I'm really I'm really um, happy that the the officials are going to emphasize it, but. 
yeah, be consistent with it. Vinny, what are they doing? <laughs> traveling? <laughs> but like, first of all, did you think did you think it was traveling? And what are they doing by emphasizing this right now? Yes, it was traveling. Yes, he, you know, he picked up the pivot foot by letter of the law. He picked up the pivot foot. Now, the thing that we always say about NBA refs is we don't want them to decide the game. We want the players to decide the game. We we say, but we also say we want consistency. We don't know what we want. You know what I mean? We say, don't blow your whistle unless someone's getting mauled. But then if it's a, you know, but then if it's an obvious foul, but not a mauling, we look at the refs and say they're acting funny. And we say we don't want them to call traveling, but then we look at the refs funny when they call traveling on a star. And then we say, man, we don't need star treatment. So we as a basketball public, we as a sports viewing public have to be more consistent and what we want. I'm completely honest about how I get down. I'm completely honest about my sports sensibilities as a journalist and as an all-around basketball fan. I have learned from the days that Michael Jordan would blow by dudes and still take an extra step. Oh, he's going to get that call. That he can push off. Like the greatest players get additional help even if they don't need it. I noticed Steve Kerr turning the page a little bit more and saying, and planting the seed. I felt like he was more planting a seed than anything else. Okay, if this is the way we're going to call it, make sure we're consistent in how we call it across the board because guess who we may have to play in the future? We may have to play Luka Doncic in the future who's not the fastest dude who may mess around with pivot feet. We may have to play a John Morant in the playoffs who goes to the basket and may take a liberty here or there. So that's where I think everyone winds up looking a bit hypocritical. So, but I can say, I can say, it don't bother me, but so much. Just don't insult my intelligence. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't, uh, I'm just so used to it. It's just like, it just changes everything for me. It changes the way I watch basketball. I've gotten used to it, uh, Vinny. Guys travel all the time. Steve Kerr was conservative. He said 30 times a game. I'm going to say probably 70 times a game. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Between traveling, I'll, I'm going to put it. Okay, I'll meet you at. Um, I'll meet you at 45 if you allow me to include traveling and carrying. I was watching this. It's a true story, straight up, because I love going on uh, on YouTube and watching these old basketball games. You know, 1965, 1966. You know, watching Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Uh, early 70s and like Kareem and Bob Lanier. I like watching these old games to see, you know, what, what, you know, what, how much does the game change? And I remember watching these guards. I'm like, what is this guard doing that I'm not used to? You know what, you know what it was? They were dribbling. No. <laughs> they were dribbling. They were dribbling. Hey, man, like nobody, uh, Sidney Moncrief wasn't doing that. They weren't doing it. That's what, right now, guys even carry the ball. We're so used to it. We're so desensitized to carrying guys will carry the ball even when they don't need to. They're bringing the ball up, you know, calling out a play, looking at the bench. Oh, what? What are we running? Oh, fist. Okay. And they're just carrying the ball and nobody says anything. It is just part of NBA life in the 21st century. So if you're going to call traveling, if you call traveling and carrying, I don't, I honestly, this sounds ridiculous. I don't know if I'd enjoy the game as much. I, I like the pro when the pros do it. That's just what they do. It I'm, far more that much I'm far more go offended ahead, by the by the foul drawing. I'm more offended by wrapping your car around a tree and claiming it and claiming insurance. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm more <laughs> yeah. offended by than whether somebody right. puts their hand on top of the ball or flips it or whatever. Like I'm not tripping off of that. A because when I was playing, I ain't had the biggest hands. So when it was time for me to when it was time for me to boogie, okay, my hand was going my hand my hand was going to flip a little bit to the side. I didn't turn it all the way over, but yeah, you take a little you take a little liberty here and there. Now I was never a big traveler. I'm not a huge fan of traveling, especially once they added the gather step to it. You you understand it as long as you're not taking four steps, like four steps. All right, you are literally insulting my intelligence. If you let the ball go. 
and you take a step and then you pick it back up and you take two more, that's average basketball lexicon at this point. I'm not going to quibble too much. I'm just not a, I, have, I wasn't a fan of the James Harden file fest. I wasn't a huge fan oh. of, 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 of Trey yeah. Young kind of doing it a little bit. Like I will say, if you give the defense a chance by being a little more physical, I can take the carrying of the ball. I'll take that. I'll, yeah. It's a given. It's a give and take for me. It's not a zero sum proposition. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's just so standard now. And I'm, I I think the officials. Okay, great. Go ahead and do it. It it takes a lot, as you said off the top. I mean, this league is built on stars and star calls. As long as we've been watching basketball, that's just the way it is. No matter what era, mm-hmm. if you're listening to us, watching us right now, no matter what era you're from whether you start watching basketball 15 years ago or 50 years ago, it's always been like that in the NBA. The league has been built on stars and star calls. I just think it's amazing that the officials think they'll be able to do it with accuracy. It's so fast. Like, I watched that step play. I'm I'm like, okay, um, I guess. I guess it's traveling. But they're going to have a lot of opportunities in real time. Game's going to be close like it was last night. The stakes are going to be raised. You, you think you can you can catch that that fast? I mean, the game they're, they're so quick, and it happened like Steph just did it. Boom, boom. Oh, all right. And how's that? And different? human error. You can, I'm and, wondering, and human can you error call it with play. consistency? Right? Can you call it? You, you can think try. The officials will be able to call it with consistency and accuracy. I think they can be consistent. I don't think they'll be able to. Uh, I don't think they'll be accurate. Well, 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 here's the other thing. It's, it's not the same refs working every game. So different refs have different interpretations of very, you know, black and white rules and what they may allow to go by. I think more or less if every game is consistent, if within the game it's consistent, players will adjust as opposed to from a night-to-night basis, you're saying, well, Steph was called for this the other night. John Morant should be called for this the next night. I think it's a little bit unrealistic, but I do think throughout the course of the game, like 10 travels were called last night. If you're setting the tone in the first few minutes that you're on, calling travels four times in the first five, then then you're gonna go, then you're gonna go to the huddle and talk to your guys and say, hey, guys, they're not letting it go tonight. Let's be extra tight in our space. And that way you can hold the players accountable, you can hold the officials accountable for being consistent within that micro period. But as far as from a standard 82 games across the board, every ref, every player, I think that's unfair. Now, when it gets to the playoffs, that's where we get a little bit more interesting, Michael Holly. Because I guarantee you, right. you can mark this, you can mark this down, Gary Carter. Mark this down, clip this, put this in a put this in a time capsule. A playoff right. game will be decided by someone by a ref's interpretation oh. of one of oh. these calls, not just the foul or spirit of the law or letter of the law, but one of okay. these type of plays, a playoff game will be decided if, like you said, every game is going to be called this tightly. I think the reason that officials start letting stuff go, Michael's because you can't call everything. It's like holding in the NFL. They hold on every play, right. but you're not calling holding right. on every play. It's like speeding. Are you gonna are you gonna get me who's doing set are you are you gonna get me? Who's doing 85 and a 70, or you're going to get someone doing 75 and a 70. You're going to get the person doing 75 and a 70. Mm. Usually. Mm. Not, usually. Not that I do 85. Look, I, I, I said, well, you just said you did. You just said it. Meta, metaphorically. So, metaphorically. I, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate that. I'm going to tell you this. I will admit, I don't want to see it. Whatever I've said in the past, uh, about the officials have been critical of them. I don't want you to call traveling. They called it 10 times. You're like, so 10 times they called it last night, seven on the Warriors, including that one right there. And I watch it. They watch it. Run it one more time. You won't be able to see it. You can't see it. I never wanted. I, I, here's my rule. Don't call it in the fourth quarter. If you want to travel, if you want to take six steps, it's okay. Don't call it. I don't want a game to be, but between the best players in the world to be determined by this little thing. I didn't even do much. And he was ready. He Okay, so he traveled. Defender, it didn't shake him. He was still there for the contest. So, he should have went know. for the layup. He, he should have got, he should have went for the layup. Yeah, and that's what he said. I'll give Steph credit. Steph, after the game, 
Like Steph is a man, Steph is awesome. He really is. He's fun to watch and he's fun to interview too. Because a lot of guys uh, just won't really make themselves vulnerable in, in these situations to be like, well, you know, I did what I did and I live with the results. He said, no, I got confused. I was confused about the time and the game situation. He admitted that. He said, I, I went for a hero shot. I didn't need to. I should have driven for the lamp. That's exactly what he said. He got a little confused in that game. So uh, props to Steph for even when you uh, got four championships, you can be when you got four That's championships, right. you can afford some humility. Okay. Well, my last thing I say before we take a break, last thing I say, champion, four-time champion. Steph is a four-time champion, correct? Yes. Uh, Draymond's a four-time champion. He had double digits last night. That's not his game, but he did. I think he had 12 points. Okay, good. Clay Thompson is a four-time champion. Clay Thompson, uh, he had a shot at the buzzer to win it. He missed it. He missed that and a lot of other shots last night. And we, we've gone back and forth on this. A couple of games ago, Clay was doing his thing. Made a bunch of threes, looked good. Looked like the old Clay. Last night, he looked like old Clay. Old Clay. Old. <laughs> old Clay. Meanwhile, you're going to have Natalie on your, on your behind. Keep talking. Keep talking. Meanwhile, Jonathan Kaminga had a double-double. That's my boy. He had a double-double. Not that, 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 you know, it's not tit for tat. It's not that. Okay, I know it. I no. got it. But I think it, some of those young guys are on the bench. Kaminga, Jordan Poole. Old Clay's in the starting lineup. I, I, I'll just say it, man. They don't, stop dancing around it. Why do the Warriors keep dancing around it? Put Clay on the bench. Put Clay on the bench. Ooh. Put him on the bench. Not as a punishment, as a reward. What do you think? It's a reward, Clay. The bench. Nah, nah, that ain't that no reward. You, that ain't no reward. You're the captain of the bench. You'll be the captain. That ain't no reward. Don't do that. Don't insult that man. Would you do it? Would you put him on the bench? Not until I absolutely have to, and I don't have to right now. You're scared. You're scared of him? You're scared of the, the, the response? Nah, it's just not necessary. It's not worth it. It's not worth what you wind up losing. Okay. All right. And you know what I'm gonna. Speaking you know of, what is worth it? Speaking of, you know what is worth it? I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. You get your opportunity next. You'll get your opportunity. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen and learn. You get to say whatever you want to say. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So, Vinny, um, how was your weekend? You know, I, I feel like I was a little rude off the top. I didn't ask you. Oh, it was Thanksgiving uh, last week, and then you had a long weekend. And then, you know, I probably I should tell the people uh, just to just to take you, give you a peek behind the curtain. You know, Vinny uh, sent me a text, very nice text on Saturday, and he asked me very nicely uh, if he wanted me, if he want, if he, uh, if I wanted him to come on the show on Monday. I said, why? Well, why? 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 Why would you come on the show on Monday? Why would you do that? You know, like you're not scheduled to come on on Monday. Why would you do that? So, uh, Vinny, uh, just uh, how was your week? Tell us about your weekend. What what happened? Anything? I'll tell you about my week after Gary plays this. Go ahead, Gary. I want something else for Friendsgiving besides your wonderful company. Uh, Can you come up with something before uh, four o'clock Eastern? Uh, a hearty good luck to your Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yes, yes, yes. I will a good luck it. for that ass you know open you're going to take. Come on, like man. It. Come on, come on, Vinny. You I know like what's going to happen. Do I? Right? You know what's going to happen. You're dreading it. You're kind of dreading it. 
the dreading a little bit. We, we haven't lost we go back to, to Ohio year. State and, since 2019. Yeah, and, and you've done it. And you got it. We can go back 50 weeks and you've done it every single week. Every Michigan person I run into just revels in that victory because it's been a long time. Uh, it will be a close game for half. It'll be close oh. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I, I'm just going to shoot I'm going to tell you right shooting now. You're shooting your shot. You are calling your shot. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So in case you didn't know, let me give you a, uh, a quick refresher here uh, in, in case your memory was bad. After, after, after the first, uh, the first drive of the game, well, Ohio State marched down the field, and they started doing that OH. It turned into, I oh, no. Oh, no. 42 to 16. And after the first seven minutes of the game, let's see. Michigan was down a running back. Oh, look at that score <laughs> after that. That is my background <laughs> right now. You can't, it, it's a little far away. So I pulled that up for, you know, in my office here. So I just wanted I wanted uh, the score to be clear. Want the score to be clear. Uh, Do you remember a conference call? Do you remember a conference uh, call where Ryan Day, after a contentious conference call, or Ryan Day said, "I'm going to hang a hundred on Michigan." That was uh, a little over a year ago. Since that time, Ryan Day has almost had a hundred hung on him by Michigan. Michigan was down to their uh, backup running back who had a club on one hand. Their best cornerback yep. was a converted wide receiver, right? Their quarterback was a guy who couldn't hit the big throws. Ohio State had the best player on the field. They had the best. They had better weather. They had the talent. They had an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, according to Vegas, and they got that yeah. ass beat. Yeah. And, there's, and, and, and before we go any further, let's make it perfectly clear. I don't care where Ohio State is ranked in the college football playoff. That ass whooping you took should exclude you from even participation. Now, 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 now. The only okay. way, okay. the only way, Do you the love only it? way y'all get in. No, the only the only way you get in. The only way you get in is even better. The only way you get in is even better. Is if the committee says, you know what? Michigan is that much better than everybody that we're not going to fault Ohio State for getting their ass whooped yeah. because everybody would have suffered an ass whooping like that. But oh no, it was only Ohio State that suffered that ass whooping like that. You know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of the 90s when Tim Bianca Batuka was looking oh. across the field from the Heisman Trophy oh, winner. Don't say that name. And got don't three, say that name. And, and, and got 300 yards on him. And it reminded me of oh. Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson Traitor. doing exactly Traitor. what I told you that they were going to do. They went. Yep, that's exactly. You know what it also reminded me of? It reminded me of the 1992 NCAA regional final, Michigan versus oh. Ohio State and basketball. Oh, basketball? Where the fabulous where the fabulous five took out Jim Jackson and all. So basically we've had a habit. Michigan has had a habit of beating Buckeye ass when it counts the most. This doesn't make up for 2006. And it doesn't make up for trouble with the spot in 2016 where Ohio State cheated to beat Michigan. But it certainly feels really good to plant that flag on Ohio State. Did you see them? I know there's no video of it because I, I only saw it do grainy, grainy cell phone video. No, when not they were that waving one. To, okay, okay. There is the Ohio State players and coaches doing the fight song at the end of the game in the end zone and Ryan Day looked like someone just stole his woman and stole his waffles at the same damn time. It is poetic justice. They did. They did. And there, there's there's a lot of work to do. Now, there are a couple of things you said. Um, and look, it, you, you deserve to gloat. Uh, you had the receipts. Good for you. I love your sign. Love the backdrop. Very well done. Very well said, Vinny Goodwill. I'm not surprised. But Couple things you said that I just I think need some investigation. You said it doesn't make up for 2006. Uh, does it make up for 2012, 2013, 2016, nope. 2017, 2018? Like, like we always beat y'all. Don't no, no. Okay, no one stop this. 
2000 and you had to go back to Bianca Batuka. You had to go back to Charles Woodson. Who's from Ohio, by the way, he was an Ohioan. Okay, he was he was he was he was Ohio born. He was Ohio bred. And when he's die when he dies, he'll be Ohio dead. Okay, he's an Ohioan. And so is Desmond Howard, whether they want to admit it or not. And they went off. They defected. Uh, They crossed the line and went to Michigan. Michigan has been encouraged. Michigan has been buoyed by Ohioans. If it, if it, if you didn't have Ohio, you wouldn't have a program. Okay, so let's just calm down there. Bo Beckler is an Ohioan. Rest in peace. So stop. Y'all need Ohio. Anyway, now let's hey, talk hey, about. Wait, did you just go to the past? Did you just go to the past? <laughs> Were you just were you just well, talking you about what we do in 2012 and 13? I was talking well, about you, games. Well, you were talking about, I was talking about games where the higher ranked with a higher ranked okay. Ohio State team get their ass beat. That's what okay. I was talking yeah, about. Well, yeah, but I, I want to talk about the, the big picture. I want to talk about the big picture and how, you know, uh, Michigan has been like, you know, this is why I was so confident because Michigan had come had become like a little satellite program. For us, I mean, it's like a little, kind of like a homecoming type opponent, where you know what's going to happen. But how dare you? How dare you? If you love the Big Ten, you'll root for Ohio State to be included in the college football playoff because you can't, you can't love the Big Ten and want Ohio State with its one loss to be out of it. You can't let Alabama with two losses in the SEC. You can't let that SEC superiority. Come on. Hey, and guess what? Is if, Michigan, if Michigan was Ohio State's satellite program, guess what Michigan is right now? Your daddy. Yeah, well, I'll say this. Ohio State, the, the Big Ten we is such a great Ohio conference. We broke Ohio State. We broke them. Oh, well, temporarily. But it's such a great conference, the Big Ten is, that the second best team coming to Ohio Stadium, second best team in the conference can come to Ohio Stadium and win like that. That just speaks to the depth of the conference. Oh, nice. Nice pictures. We'll see you in the playoffs. Oh, we'll see you in the playoffs. We'll be there. Go Utah. No, you won't. Beat USC. No, you won't. We'll be there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Losing is hard for all of us, but... I'd rather lose and play than not play at all. And, uh, you know, I love playing. I love competing. I love trying to be a little bit better every day. I love going out there with a sense of purpose to try to get better. And ultimately, I love trying to play at a championship level for my teammates. And obviously, there's challenges every year. Everybody has unique challenges, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, you work as hard as you can with the circumstances that are presented before you. And... You know, we're just going to keep fighting till the end, and we'll be measured by again by what happens over the course of a long season. And we still have six games to go. There's a lot of things that can happen. The future is not written by any stretch. There's a lot of that's going to happen in the next six weeks of football, and hopefully, we can find better rhythm and find a way to get a win this Monday night against New Orleans, which will be a huge game for us. All right. Well. That was Michigan man uh, Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast. And I just want to say parenthetically, leave it to Michigan to have the greatest player in NFL history on the roster and have him split time with Drew Henson. Didn't even know what they have. Anyway, uh, Mike Jones is here. And Mike, uh, Tom Brady sounds like he is going to play until he is 50 years old. Did Did you get that from his comments? Or do you think he is just reciting some cliches because that's what you're supposed to say when your team is five and six and still has six games to play. No, I think everything he says is real. I mean, look, he's got Giselle out of the way. Now he can just keep on playing until, you know, they wheel him (laughs) off in a wheelchair. So um, I, I would not be surprised if, you know, he's still playing at a decent level. Everything around him is not well. The defense is not doing well. Their run game is inconsistent, but Tom Brady, 
Maybe it's not in Tampa. He Maybe he finds somewhere else that's got a good situation where he's got another strong defense, uh, potent weapons on offense, good offensive line, and he slides in and, and continues to play. I, I don't think he's just talking. Well, I well, mean, well, he said hold it. On, hold on, now, well, I'd rather... well, hold on. You said maybe, well, you said maybe not in Tampa. So uh, give me an example uh, of, of somebody who would say, oh my God, can't wait to uh, bring in our new 46-year-old uh, quarterback next year to lead us to the promised land. Who, who, uh, what, what team? Uh, just, we just, we just spitballing here. What, what team would be interested? I mean, we just Brady? spitballing. You know, what if Robert Kraft says, "Hey, Bill Belichick, let's let's run this thing oh. back one more time." <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's too early right now to know exactly how teams are shaping up. But just listening to Tom Brady right there, there is definitely doesn't sound like he is, you know, having any indecisiveness about the desire to play football anymore. He, he still wants to, as he said, I'd rather lose than not play at all. Um, so again, whether it's Tampa, whether you find some other situation that's better, um, we very well could see Tom Brady in 2023. That sounds like a man who has no home to go to. You said Giselle's out the way. That sounds like a man without an anchor. That sounds like a man who needs a woman in his life no. to tell him, he's why got, are you, take, he's got why his you anchor. taking these hits? No, he's got his anchor. His anchor is football, you know? I mean, you know, for some people it's hip hop, you know, and some people it's this or that. Dude, he's addicted to football. He's in love with football. That's his love. And I think that, you know, he's like, hey, um, he didn't, re he retired the first time, not really wanting to, it didn't last long. And now he doesn't have someone asking him every year what he has left to prove. He can just keep on playing freely. And if he feels like he can play at a high level, only got himself to answer to now. I can think of plenty of things to be addicted to that would actually be good for you. Not getting hit in the jaw. Now, I'm gonna. That's that, that, that's just me. That's just me. I, I get it. Everybody got their advice. Everybody got their advice. That's true. We're not Tom Brady. You know, none of us are. That's true. That guy. That's true. A and little the, bit different. And Tom Brady ain't even Tom Brady no more. Let me just let let's just let's just keep it a buck. Like this is he's That's old right. Tom That's Brady right. now. He ain't the old Tom Brady. He's old exactly. Tom Brady. I want to flip it. Yes, I want to flip it because I think I look at Kansas City and the AFC, and I see that I see that that look like a that that looks like a team that is far and away better than everybody else theoretically, right? Is there anybody that's close? Is there a sleeper? that you can say, you know what, we, they can go into Arrowhead and steal a game, or they can keep it a little close and hope that Mahomes does some magic trickery that goes awry or has a Mahomes meltdown like he had in the AFC Championship game last year. Because I don't see Buffalo being the same team. I don't know if anybody out of the, a the AFC East is really any good. I like Miami. Miami can be good. I just don't know if I trust them that way. Is there anybody else that strikes you as a dark horse in the AFC? Well, I mean, I think when you look at all those teams in the AFC, there's questions about every single one of them, um, except for Kansas City. It's crazy because we talked about the AFC being a stronger conference and then the NFC, um, but I feel better about the Eagles. I feel better about the 49ers. Um, you know, I mean, the Cowboys are another team that you feel good about. I'm not sure about the Vikings. You can't quite totally believe in them. But as far as the AFC goes, Maybe Cincinnati, they have a lot of offensive firepower. They have a good defense. You can't count Buffalo out because Buffalo already won there at Arrowhead this year. Now that was before Josh Allen hit this slump where he's turning the ball over a lot, um, you know, and they're, they're kind of, you know, not quite as potent and dominant. Uh, we'll see what happens to them down this second half of the season, which is a pretty tough slate. Uh, but again, I roll with Patrick Mahomes. I think that you can't bet against that guy. He's the new Tom Brady as far as the guy that you don't want to bet against. But, um, you know, we'll see. You never know what happens, but I think that they're the best bet to get the Super Bowl out of the AFC. I'll tell you who's not going to the Super Bowl, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Where Ooh. are they going is a, is, is a better question. Ooh. And where are they going? Just big picture. You know, Aaron Rodgers uh, left the uh, game against Philadelphia. Jordan Love came in and, and looked pretty good. And now Rodgers says, hey, I got good, I got good news. I'm going to play this weekend. 
the the four and eight Packers and the three and nine Bears, a game nobody wants to see, even in Wisconsin or Illinois. Nobody really wants to see that. So what what's what's got what's happening with Aaron Rodgers now and, and big picture, Mike, as as best you can tell. Well, right now we know that he's old and banged up. Um, you know, the, the Packers were optimistic when they signed that $150 million extension this past offseason. They bet on him um, and they've gambled and they've lost. He is not effective um, with a broken thumb. Now he's got a rib injury. But talking to people around the league who read him, read his body language, they say he looks like he's checked out. Um, they're not going anywhere right now. Since he's banged up, use this as the opportunity to say, hey, have a seat get healthy we need to see what we have in jordan love because the season is lost basically um you know i've talked to some people say you know, give him one more you know game um and then make that move maybe he does want to go in there and uh beat the bill the bears and stick it to their fans one more time because we know he loves uh beating chicago um but really it's time for them to figure out what they have in Jordan Love and move forward. And then the offseason, find a trade partner, find some destination for him to go to if he wants to keep on playing. Um, but this ship uh, with him, as far as like chances to compete for a Super Bowl, that ship has sailed. Uh, are we being a bit too hasty in writing off Aaron Rodgers? I feel like we had this conversation about him three years ago after the first year of Matt LaFleur. It didn't seem like they were necessarily on the same page. Like the numbers didn't look bad, but Aaron Rodgers didn't look like himself. They drafted Jordan Love instead of drafting like a Justin Jefferson. And then you wound up getting these sort of two MVP seasons before this season. Is there another level Aaron Rodgers can come back to, especially when you consider, I think it's, you, you will know better than me, is it a $60 million cap hit or, or $30 million cap hit if he's traded before June 1? Right, but if he okay, I don't think that he's going to to come back to another level. I think we're seeing the decline right here. Um, but when I asked around, asked people, look, would somebody really be willing to touch that contract? Um, mm -hmm. I heard yes. Somebody's going to be desperate. Really? Somebody's going to feel like, like they're who? one piece away. You know, we'll we'll. I mean, I don't know yet. Um, we'll see what happens with the Raiders with their situation. Who their if their head coach is back. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teams that feel like they're one piece away right now. Um, but a lot can happen between now and uh, January, March. Um, and then also, if it's somewhere that Aaron Rodgers really wants to play, he can always rework his contract to be more cap friendly um, than what it is right now. So, hmm. yeah, but I think I, I don't think that they're going, this is not like, you know, before, like you said, when he had Matt LaFleur, when they first got there, I mean, they were 13 and three that year. They got to deep playoff run. This one is not going anywhere. And also again, uh, he just, he doesn't have the weapons around him. Um, and he is not at the point where he can put a team on his back and carry them anymore. Um, he needs help. Uh, offensively, those young guys are okay. But again, he has not looked great. The defense, the pieces that they've put there are not really working well. This whole thing needs to kind of be retooled um, pretty significantly. I think, uh, you know, Vinny and Mike, when you think about the words spoken about Deshaun Watson compared to the passes thrown by Deshaun Watson in the last year and a half, Ooh. two years, yeah. like the, the former category is, uh, is way up here uh, and the latter is pretty much non-existent. So we, we get to see it finally, finally, uh, on Sunday, and I don't say that in a triumphant sense. It's more, you know, just curiosity of one, what will he look like when he's on the field? And two, what will the response be in Houston when Deshaun Watson uh, returns to the place where he started his career and where some of his uh, you know, criminal type behavior uh, started to take place or, or, or came to light? Uh, we, we hear, Mike, that at least 10 of his accusers will be at the stadium watching that game to make a point to him that they're still here. Well, what, what do you expect from Deshaun Watson's uh, debut of 2022? I don't have high expectations for it. I mean, the guy hasn't played football in two years. He played in the preseason, and I think he was like one for five for seven yards or something like that. Wasn't, you know, it, it's game speed is way different than practice speed. So 
Um, he's going to go out there. He might make a couple plays that are, you know, kind of wow plays. He's probably going to struggle. Timing's going to be a little off here and there. He'll probably get booed. Um, there'll be maybe some people with some signs or things like that. Uh, but I, like you, I'm saying finally, so we can kind of, you know, get this whole anticipation out of the way. And, you know, we'll see what he looks like on the field, see if he can help the Browns go on a run late. I think, again, that there will be some rust that he's got to knock off and it'll take him um, some time. And realistically, maybe it's next year that the Browns are really competitive with them. Yeah, they needed, I guess they just needed to be, if they were going to think about being competitive, you know, Jacoby Brissett needed to deliver a victory, one or two more victories for them to be in the, uh, the conversation. Right? He wasn't that bad, though. Their defense let him down. Jacoby Brissett, they feel like, uh, talking to people upstairs there, they felt like he did everything they asked of him. The defense wasn't great. Um, you know, they had some injuries on the offensive line, too. But uh, you can't blame Jacoby for this. All right, Mike Always Jones. blaming the brother, uh, Mike. Great. Always blaming the brother. Yeah. Hey, 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 <laughs> Mike Jones. I got no answer to that. That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, Vinny, we were just talking uh, during the break, man. Uh, you said Anita Baker was born in Ohio? I didn't even know that. The great Anita Baker? I always thought the she was Anita from Baker. Detroit. So, she's a Buckeye, she too? She is from Detroit. No, she's not a Buckeye. She's not a Buckeye. She would never be a red she's, stater. She's a blue stater. Who do, you think, who do you think she was rooting for? Was she rooting for the Buckeyes? You know who she was rooting Saturday? for. You know she's rooting for the winners. She's <laughs> rooting right, for the Vinny. victors. See you tomorrow. See you. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.